Hey, Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey, Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This week's episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by Lazy Boy Home Furnishings in Amarillo. You probably know Lazy Boy as a national brand, but its local store is independently owned and operated by the Hawkins family. They live right here in town, and almost everything they sell is American-made. And they offer a lot more than just recliners. Amarillo's locally owned Lazy Boy Home Furnishings has a ton of products in stock. They're ready to take home or deliver today, with special financing right now up to 48 months. Go visit the Lazy Boy of Amarillo showroom today at 3636 Sansi. And as part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm Magazine, I want to give a podcast shout out to Northwest Texas Healthcare System online at nwths.com and to Rush Eye Associates online at rushlasik.com. Our January-February issue of the magazine is on newsstands now, or you can read the free e-edition at brickandelm.com. Today's guest is Kevin Carter. Kevin is the CEO of the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation, and he's been in that role since 2019. Before that, he worked in economic development at the regional level. Now, the AEDC is a pretty unique organization in that its job is to sell Amarillo as a location to large businesses, typically in manufacturing and production. So you may have heard of companies like Amazon or Cacique who are opening facilities here in the city. In most cases, those businesses chose Amarillo after months or even years of conversations with the AEDC. The organization works to attract those businesses to Amarillo based on stuff like location, workforce, and quality of life for employees. And so I wanted to hear how Kevin thinks about those things when he's talking to those businesses. We talk about that process of attracting them here and then about how he found his way into the career after working in a lot of different places, including a local Walmart and even a beef packing plant. So here's Kevin Carter. Kevin Carter, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, hey, thanks for having me, and thanks for doing the show. It's uh, it's an awesome, uh, awesome show, and I always enjoy uh, listening. Well, thanks. I, I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you're familiar with it. I want to start with you the same way I start with all my guests, and that's just to ask you why you're in Amarillo. So what brought you to this area? Well, the job brought me to Amarillo specifically. Uh, I've been lucky enough to live in the Panhandle South Plains area for 43 years now. Okay. Uh, I, I grew up in Arkansas and lived there till I was 10. And my uh, great-granddad died when I was 10 years old. And my dad had grown up in Skellytown. Okay. Was born in McLean, grew up in Skellytown. And his granddad uh, had an apple orchard in Allen Reed, Texas. Believe wow. it or not, there was apple orchards. And actually several, not just the Carter apple okay. orchard. And my dad kind of wanted to get back to Texas. And he had an uncle and a um, cousin that worked for Southwestern Public Service. And that's how we, you know, three months later, we were in August of 1980, we moved to Dumas, Texas. All right. And from there to Lubbock, I uh, graduated high school in Florida. Uh, and then while I was in school, my first semester, my dad got transferred to Plainview. And I was in Plainview for 29 years. And four years ago, uh, almost four years ago, I had the opportunity to move to Amarillo and lead the economic development team here. And I, I will tell you, it, it was a, it's a been a great move. What kind of work did you do in Plainview? So I did kind of a myriad of things. I, uh, I lived in Plainview for 29 years other than about 15 months. When we first got married, Elisa was teaching school in Midland. 
and we I moved to Midland. Um, it was during you know it was in the early nineties, terrible time to be in yeah. Midland with the bust, and really didn't find you know meaningful work. I had a job, but it wasn't meaningful. And so we moved back to Plainview, and I worked uh, as a supervisor on the line at Cargill uh, Meat Solutions. Okay. So I certainly know uh, what hard work is, and and, and a little bit a, about the and economy a, and agriculture. A lot of here, respect right? uh, for that uh, business, and 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 a lot about agriculture and food processing. And I, I did that for about eleven months, and knew that that's probably not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just you know what it just wasn't. I had done HR work in Midland, and and kind of uh, had a passion for that. And uh, the local hospital there um, had a role as an HR director, and I got on there and spent uh, fourteen years in healthcare administration, and then uh, lost that job. They there was a kind of a downturn and. In healthcare, and we laid some folks off, and I happened to be one of those fourteen people that lost their job uh, uh, in August of two thousand and nine. And I had been the chamber president and knew a lot of stuff about Plainview. And the the guy that uh, was the economic developer um, had passed away in October of two thousand and nine, and I started temporary in November of two thousand and nine in economic development, not knowing really a lot about it. I knew a lot mm-hmm. on the chamber kind of stuff, but not really the economic development side, at least how it worked for sure. And I had, you know, a lot of support uh, with the regional group that I ended up leading um, five, four years later from that group. And then uh, did that for four years for the city of Plainview. And then five years uh, with a regional group that covered 67 counties of, wow. of the of West Texas, all the way from Amarillo, Lubbock, uh, Midland, Odessa, uh, Abilene. Um, so a huge region. So I spent a lot of time in West Texas. So that was an economic development job for a region as opposed to for, for a, a city. city. And yeah. it was a lot different. But the really cool thing about that job was I knew what was going on in each city. So okay. that was kind of cool. And then, you know, I, I felt that uh, there were a few job openings. Uh, Midland's job was open. Abilene's job was open. And, and Amarillo's job was all open at the same time. Okay. And I kind of, you know, could have chose to put in for those other two. I, I decided that Amarillo was the the place that I wanted to be just because I'd seen the tremendous growth that had happened in, in Amarillo and was certainly fortunate enough to get the job. And, and what a tremendous blessing it's been for me to be here. Before we talk about that job, I, I want to talk about the the career itself. Did did you go to college and, and get a degree that kind of leads you into this sort of Not work? Not really. Or? I mean, you know, I, I, Lord, I, I, speaking of college, uh, you know, I, I hated school. Uh, you know, I didn't really mind high school, but I hated college. You know, and I, I wasn't a disciplined person. You know, I'd never, you know, I, strict parents, but great parents. But, you know, hey, you're getting up at, you know, and you're going to school. And I got to college and nobody's telling me what to do. Yeah. Well, I missed a lot of school. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I just, I, I hated class. And, and I worked while I was in college, except for the first semester. My parents didn't want me to work. And then I, I missed money. So I started working. And I went to Angelo State for a year and a half, and then I decided I, I thought I wanted to play college golf, and so I went to Texas Arlington, and I, I didn't like, I loved Arlington, but I didn't like Texas Arlington, and so uh, I ended up coming home to Plainview. My, like I said, my parents had moved to Plainview by that time, and uh, I drove back and forth for a semester to WT, and okay. I was working nights at Walmart on the floor crew, and mopping floors, and yeah. and waxing, and 
And uh, I had worked at Walmart for two or three years. And uh, anyway, uh, about the third time that I fell asleep, uh, woke up driving about 85 in the median coming back from uh, Canyon to Plainview, I decided it probably wasn't smart. So yeah. um, I finished at uh, Wayland Baptist okay. there in uh, Plainview. Six years it took me to get a degree. My wife went six years and she has two degrees. What was your degree? I have one degree. It's just general business. I'm just trying Whatever to, I'm just took. trying to get a piece of paper. Um, you know, and you know, I think, you know, obviously degrees are important. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade mine for the world. Um, I don't think that, you know, at least with mine, it was, I was lucky enough that, you know, I love to talk, and I think that's gotten me where it is. It's probably gotten me in trouble a few times, you know, talking too much. But anyway, it was just a general general business degree. You know, took a lot of classes, but I wouldn't trade my time at Wayland. It was a small school, but I wouldn't trade that time. But I worked a lot. I worked six nights a week, 56 hours a week. Uh, I worked well my last three years of college, but I wouldn't trade that either. I loved uh, working. I worked for Cargill in their computer room. And made a lot of connections there, and that was what was allowed allowed me to actually come back to playing. Well, I mean, that know. seems given the work that you do now, you know, you've got some all experience back, on the line in agriculture and yeah, in Walmart all back, retail. All that background really does fit into what I yeah. do now. It's it's amazing the experiences that I've had, how they fit in, and you see that from the other side. So when when you you saw the the opening for Amarillo and you got hired and um you know the the AEDC was not new at that point but like when when you arrived here in the city kind of what was what was the status what did you see what did you find that greeted you here You know I, it was a great I mean you know obviously you know it was 4 years ago there had been a lot of work in downtown the ballpark was you know, I got I started uh, April first. The first ball game was April eighth ever. Okay. You know, and I was fortunate enough to get to go to that, and that was awesome. But um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to follow what Amarillo had been doing with my regional job and even my Plainview job because um, one of my predecessors, Buzz David, that was here, mm-hmm. was a mentor to me, and was a mentor to lots of people. Now, he was right in his late fifties or early sixties, and that was kind of his role. And you know, certainly hope that that's my role at one point in my career. Uh, but to have that mentorship, so I knew a lot about what it, what went on in Amarillo. I knew that it would be a place that I would want to live. I didn't know that I would love it as much as I do now okay. when I got here. It just I knew it was a great opportunity just because of what had happened in the past with all the manufacturing. It, this is a great place to be. And you arrived, at least with the the EDC, at a time when there was already a lot of momentum. You know, there's a lot of momentum in Amarillo. You weren't having yeah. to start yeah. over yeah, I didn't or reinvent to, a lot I of things. I did not have to rebuild uh, an economy. You yeah. know, it wasn't, wasn't that. The motions had already been set on a lot of things. But is it, is it hard to jump in at a point where there is a lot of stuff that's in motion? You're, you're sort of inheriting it. Yeah, I inherited that at least... Um, at least what we were doing in the city. Now, we had slowed down as an organization. There wasn't as many projects in the pipeline. And, you know, we've that certainly is not the case now. I mean, it is just, it's insane how much activity. And it, there's a lot of activity in, in Texas in general, but we certainly have been very blessed to see our fair share of that. I want to talk before we go too far um, for listeners who probably have heard of the Amarillo EDC, but don't necessarily know what that means. Yeah. It's kind of a vague term if you don't really interact uh, with with what you do. So tell me 
what it is and why it's necessary in a place like Emerald. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll kind of give you a little bit of a of, of a uh, economic development one hundred and one. Just okay. for, you know, like a couple of minutes of. So economic development for a city is to bring in primary employers, at least in a city our size. And a primary employer is a an employer that 50% of their goods or services are sent out of our area. Okay. So it's not it's almost everything that's non-retail or non-service oriented like hotels and tourism and those kind of things. So, you know, when you think of our big major primary employers, you know, you think of Pantex, you think of Bell Helicopter, you know, but there are a lot of really small uh, primary employers like uh, Amarillo Gear. You know, we have two, and they're not small employers, but you ha- we have two large food distributors, Benny yep. Keith and Affiliated. Those are primary employers. A lot of their, all, you know, most of their goods and services are sent out of the Amarillo area. And so it's necessary for us to keep trying to attract primary employers because they pay at a lot larger uh, percentage than retail em- employers do. And that's not to take away anything from retail, but primary employers, when you have a large base of primary employers, then the retail follows. You know, if we, you know, if we were to be able to attract, say, 5,000 more families, you're going to have a lot more retail. You know, you're, you're probably going to get another big box store of this and, right. you know, a lot more restaurants. Those follow because of those primary employers. Uh, but Texas, you know, we're very lucky. You know, we always, as Texans, we're very braggart about what we do. But in 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 reality, uh, just seeing it in other states, not not having lived that, but Texas does economic development different than other states. Um, in other, all the other forty nine states, economic development is done at the state level. The state is the primary driver of economic development activity. In Texas, it's done at the local level, hmm. and that is through the half cent sales tax that we're fortunate enough to be able to collect out of the eight and a quarter that you pay when you go buy something for a dollar, it costs a dollar and 8.25. Um, 0.5 of that actually goes to um, the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation uh, to do economic um, activity and, and uh, recruiting. I want to talk a little bit about the need for it, you know, beyond you know, the primary uh, employer side where you want to provide jobs and, and that sort of thing. But there's there's also an economic element of it where diversity is real important in terms of diversity of industries. You know, for a long time, Amarillo was dependent on agriculture okay. and petroleum and, you know, maybe a couple other things. And like you said with Midland, when the petroleum industry goes kaput, then it impacts the quality of life in that city. And so a lot of what you're doing is you're just trying to build a lot of different pieces so that if one piece has a downturn, the whole city isn't affected. Yeah, and I will tell you, and I talk about this, the diversification of Amarillo probably happened in the late 80s or early 90s. And it was really for some for some forward-thinking city leaders to diversify into manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Well, because we had struggled in the and 80s. Because we had struggled, yeah. And in Amarillo the 60s had, when the airbase Emerald had struggled. And a lot of that had to do with really some cool, really cool campaigns that happened that I found out, you know, I, I kind of knew about a couple of them before I got here, but then cleaning out our basement when I got here, I'm kind of a, you know, an OCD neat freak. And I, we had a little basement area in our old office complex and, and I needed to find out. But I found some really neat things. But... Something great happened for Texas and and smaller communities that that were smaller than the big cities like Dallas and Fort Worth and you know Austin, San Antonio, Houston. 
1989, um, we were able to, the, the law that allowed us to collect that half cent happened, and that allowed the mid-tier cities, uh, so Lubbock, Abilene was the very first city to adopt the sales tax. It allowed us to compete with those big cities, mm-hmm. and it allowed uh, the forward-thinking leaders of Amarillo used that money to diversify the economy. Um, you know, Bell came in, you know, nine, 10 years later after the law came in in 99, but several manufacturers came in. Manufacturing became a huge part of what we do instead of all, all based on, you know, natural gas or ranching. Mm-hmm. And those are very important to us and they're still big economic drivers, but we're so fortunate to have. You know, I mean, tourism is a thing here now. I mean, and it's always been, but not like it was. It's and intentional. That it's to, intentional to cultivate tourism. It. You know, we've we've probably marketed Palladier Canyon better in the last thirty years than we ever did before, even though it was you know it's been here for you know however long. You know, but um, you know, we're so fortunate to have I forty. Mm-hmm. You know, probably besides our people, I forty is our next biggest asset that we have. Yeah, because. It I just mean, continues to funnel people into this. It does, area. and it gives us the ability to, you know, move goods and services that we're trying to get out of town. It gives them that our transportation system, but not just I forty, I twenty seven, the transcontinental railroad that comes through here. You know, those are huge sellers um, for what we what we're doing as an organization to try to sell Amarillo. I'm interested in that concept that you're selling Amarillo not to people or future residents directly, but like to the companies that are going to bring those people in. I I wonder what are the things you find yourself talking about, you know, when you're trying to attract a large manufacturer or a a big business to put some roots here in Amarillo, like, like what's the sales pitch? Yeah. So we talk about, you know, obviously we talk about people first and, you know, everybody can talk about their people, but I mean, you know, I think we have a more passionate spirit. I was talking to somebody, I don't don't know, the other day, and I knew, you know, having lived in Dumas and, you know, we used to come to Amarillo as a kid, you know, we'd come on the weekends or whatever. And and I was telling somebody that my parents actually, you know, it was closer to go to Lubbock, you know, if you want to go to the big city. But my parents had always enjoyed going to to Amarillo more, um, you know, to the mall or, you know, to whatever to do things up here because my dad had grown up coming to Amarillo as a kid. And I knew, you know, about the panhandle spirit, you know, okay, I've heard that. Uh, But when you now are here and you Mm -hmm. know what that really means and what that is, it makes it easier to sell. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to describe that to people when you're selling, but you do, you are selling the people first. Because, you know, we don't have trees and rivers that a lot of people get to sell. So we're selling, you know, we're selling ourselves. And then we're also selling the fact that we are, you know, one of our taglines when I got here, Lloyd Brown, one of my board members is still on our uh, ADC board, says, hey, you know, I, I think you should start using this tagline that we're in the middle of everywhere. Hmm. And I didn't use it for about a year and a half. But we are starting to use that. We are in the middle of everywhere, not in the middle of nowhere, like some people think. Yeah, we're in the middle of everywhere. We have uh, on the back of our business cards, we have, you know, the kind of the five state area with, you know, um, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, and it shows where Amarillo is. And then we have that tagline in the middle of everywhere. And so we, you know, we're we're using that, and also, you know, our transportation with the fact that we have. Um, we're located on the, the Transcontinental uh, Railroad coming from Long Beach to Chicago. 
Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize how many uh, railroad employees we have in Amarillo. Yeah, and we're kind it's of over, like right in the middle over of over 800 wow. railroad employees that are in Amarillo. Nobody would think that. We know we have a big train, but we have the probably, other than Long Beach, we have probably the most unit trains going through um, any any wow. city. I didn't know We have that. about 100 and over 150. And, and people And you probably, know that there's trains, but you don't think well, about, you oh my see gosh, them, there's but, that many, you know? But- uh, we're very fortunate to have that, and that has been in the last three or four years has been a big recruiting tool for us. Having the transportation portals that we have with I forty, I twenty seven, the railroad. Well, from a con- um, consumer perspective, we've been thinking more about supply chain and shipping logistics and all that stuff the last couple of years yeah, than absolutely. anybody it's ever come has. To more, it's come more to like than it right. has been, so it's been more important even to companies that thought about it, but now it's the forefront of what they're thinking about. Because if this ever happens again, mm-hmm. they want to be on top of that. So hats off to uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. They have helped us work with projects. And we're, we're so thankful for that partnership that we have with them. And the partnership that we have with, it's a tremendous amount of partners that we have. And I don't, and you know, you were talking about the, you know, the average person may not know what we do and the partners that we have, but, you know, we work with the city of Amarillo. We work with Potter and Randall County, you know, some people see that as, oh my gosh, you're in two counties, you have to work that. But Judge Tanner and Judge Dyer and the Commissioner Court and Randall and Potter County have just been awesome to work with. Um, Amarillo College is one of our partners. Mm -hmm. And so we're so lucky to have all the partners that we have, Texas Workforce Solutions. We're very um, fortunate to have that. And, you know, it's kind of a roundabout way to how we sell Amarillo, but it's all those partnerships that we have. And you know, talking about the transportation, the things that we've done as a community um, to to redo our downtown, and you know, not it's not all about downtown here, but you know, that's one of the cool things that we have yeah. that's newer with the ballpark, and you know, we have Paladier Canyon. There, there's a there really is truly things here for every person, whether you're in the arts or you're in sports or whatever. We're diverse in that as far as quality of life stuff. Well, I mean, if a company is wanting to relocate here because shipping is easier. You know, that's yeah. great, yeah. but that doesn't mean they can entice doesn't their, employees help their employees here, It right? doesn't help their employees. So there's got to be something. And so I can tell you, for instance, uh, with a company that we, one of our ones that's getting ready to open, and it's a prime example, and it's Cacique Foods. Mm-hmm. They had a list of 125 cities that they looked at. They narrowed that down before we knew about the list. They narrowed it down to, I think, 17. And they saw 17 cities in 22 days. Wow. They had narrowed it down to 17. We were one of the 17. And they spent a day and a half here. And I think that they saw the potential of what we had here. We, you know, we obviously gave them the song and dance and, the, you know, the, the trick pony show and all that of showing them Amarillo and, you know, very intentional about, you know, what we show. But, you know, they kind of tricked it up on us and said, hey, we want to go over to this part of town or we want to go to that yeah. part of town. They know the uh, the expected yeah. yes. stuff. And, and, and you know what? We were prepared for that. And, you know, the neighborhoods are a huge thing here. You know, it's it's important to Amarillo. People know the neighborhoods. You know, you and I were talking about neighborhoods when I got here, you know, and they saw that and saw those folks. But one of the things that we did for Cacique, they, they are closing their operation down in California. And they are offering all of those folks at their their place in California um, the, the ability to move to Amarillo. And so we've worked hand-in-hand hand 
with their company, with their HR departments. We've done videos for their employees. We've talked to their employees about coming here. And, you know, we're not going to get all 200 families. We understand that. That's that's a huge commitment for somebody to, you know, to, to leave their family and, you know, their extended family and come, you know, from California to Texas. But we think we will get some of those families, which will be an addition um, because if their spouse works, there's another employee for another company or right. even that company. And so, you know, this that's going to be kind of our um, – because CK is going to be kind of our poster child of how we've done that because we've not really – had not ever done that before. Okay. And so, you know, hats off to uh, Kasike for working with us and Sabrina and our workforce um, for doing that. So I know Kasike is, you know, is, is a success story recently. I know there's a lot of things probably in the pipeline that you can't talk about yet, right. but like, what are some of those success stories over the past three or four years that people might know about or might have heard of? Yeah. So we've been, you know, we've, the act, the economic activity has, you, you would have thought during the pandemic that, you know, activity would have been kind of slowed down. You know, we kind of took the approach that the city did, you know, hey, we're, you know, we need to take precautions, but we didn't stop recruiting as a team. I mm-hmm. think, I think in 2020, you know, we, you know, you know, I guess 20, March 20th or whatever the day is that, you know, we really found out what COVID was and everybody kind of got sent home. After that, I think I flew 95 segments on American Wow. Um, which is probably 20 round trips, um, something like that. We decided as an organization um, that we weren't going to slow down. We were going to keep recruiting. If somebody let us come visit them, we'd go visit them and try to recruit them. And I think that paid off. Um, because Especially we were, people that might have been in some of the cities that yeah, really locked we, down. We, people we, weren't. We, we, it's paid off. We've, you know, we've had several companies that have, um, you know, made announcements since – you know, March 2020, mm-hmm. you know, some of those big ones are, you know, obviously, you know, Amazon is built and you can see this monstrous million square foot building. And, you know, if you hadn't got a chance to go out there and look at that, it's it's huge. Finally going to get to take a tour of that. I'm really excited about that. That's coming up. Um, we're um, Kasike Foods. I mean, that's just an awesome example. The family has been awesome. It's family owned. That's been just incredible to work with the, the De Cardenas family and we're so excited about that. That should open up um, very soon, um, like within you know a short amount of time. I think it's supposed to open by the end of the first quarter of this okay. year. And you know uh, we're excited about producer-owned beef. That's one yeah. of our newest announcements. This uh, and that's uh, that's a homegrown venture. And so we're so excited about that. That's going to be rancher and producer-owned. So it goes back to our ag roots. And I talked about that as. You know, when they when they did the, you know, the big announcement that we're getting to go back to our roots with agriculture on that one. And I'm really excited about what that's going to offer uh, because it's it is producer owned. Um, it's, there's nothing like that in the beef world yet. I think there's going to be a couple. But by the time P.O.B. gets open, there will be two or three on that model. But they're, you know, they're all at the same time. We can say ours was. Yeah, we're, first. we're breaking and, the ground. Yeah, we're, we're breaking ground. It's been done in the pork industry. And why it had not ever been done in the beef industry is kind of interesting. Um, it's been done in the pork industry, you know, quite a few years ago. And so I'm really excited about working with the P.O.B. team and. I think that's going to just be incredible. And I think people are going to be surprised as what that looks like. Um, and so it, it's going to be a tremendous um, addition to our city. You know, anytime um, you add 1,500 employees, you know, we, you know we've, we, you know, there'll be some challenges with that, but it's nothing that, 
we can't overcome, mm-hmm. um, you know, adding that, but you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, a tremendous project and we're really excited about that one. You know, we've had some of our smaller companies that have expanded, uh, you know, not really super small, but, you know, Cavanus had a small presence in Amarillo. They, they built a new ground beef facility. Um, they had their old ground beef facility was over on Amarillo Boulevard and they built a, you know, a $60 million facility on, uh, South Washington Street, and it is just absolutely beautiful, and they're going to double their staff there. Mm-hmm. You know, they had about 100 employees. They're going to try to get to 200 there. Really excited about We're going back into the aviation, uh, you know, expansion on aviation. Um, you know, obviously, we're so lucky to have Bell Helicopter, but we recruited a new aerospace company, Albers Aerospace. They're retired military guys. And they are going to um, do some manufacturing. They're a defense contractor. They they've they've bought up several defense contracting companies, and they're going to you know employ 400 people here in Amarillo in that world. And they've already they've already contacted and and are going to partner with uh, WT and Texas Tech on aerospace engineering. Okay, and so you know that's going to be awesome. Uh, what they're doing is that will be easy to those. People in that field will want to work with Albers because they have some really cool technology in the EVATOL or drone technology. The lead um, Albers person that's going to be here in Amarillo is a tech graduate, and his wife is a uh, has her master's from tech, and they um, wanted to get back to West Texas. They've been living in Maryland, and hmm. uh, they had not really ever lived in West Texas other than when they were at tech. When they left tech, they went to first to NASA, and then he retired as a lieutenant colonel in the Marines. And so, but they've bought a house here, and I've seen them out eating, and they're really getting entrenched in the culture. They've been here about a month, and um, loving Amarillo, and we're really excited about uh, what that company is going to bring for us. And you know, it's just another, um, you know, diversification is what we were mm-hmm. talking about. So we're we're very very lucky that we've. Uh, well, and it wasn't. It's not lucky. It's people did some hard work on diversifying. Yeah. There was some really forward thinking back in the '80s and '90s on diversifying the economy. So, hats off to our community leaders that did that back then. You you talked about a lot of the ways that you sell this area. I wonder if you could talk some about the challenges that that maybe you have to overcome. Whether it's misconceptions about the, the panhandle or anything I, there like that. There are. I, I will tell you. Uh, you know, uh, I was telling you before we got on the air about, you know, we did an event at Fort Hood and trying to recruit um, soldiers that are getting out. Fort Hood is one of the biggest um, discharge bases. They discharge, we couldn't get a real number, but we think that number somewhere in the 1,000 to 1,500 a month that are discharging wow. out of there. So it was, pr- they have a mega job fair twice a year. And so Sabrina in our office uh, and I went down and worked out with Workforce Solutions. And then there were, uh, I think, six companies that uh, were from Amarillo that went down and um, tried to recruit employees down there. And Sabrina and I are working, the, you know, we just kind of had an Amarillo table to talk about her take root and uh, uh, the take root in Amarillo site, which is, you know, just just an incredible site for people that really is not geared for Amarillo people. It's geared for people that are outside of Amarillo that we want to try to recruit to Amarillo to live right. here. And, um, you know, people would come by and, you're, and they're say, what, what are you selling or what are you hiring for? Well, we're selling Amarillo. We're selling our community to, um, to you. And we have six of our companies here and we're trying to, we're supporting what they're doing and helping them sell quality of life in Amarillo. And they're like, it's cold there. Yeah. The wind blows there. 
So those are some of the misconceptions. I know. Um, well, I had not misconceptions. That no, that's it's true. the truth. Yeah, yeah, but but maybe you know, negative perceived negative. But the wind blows. You know, like you know, it the wind blows, and you know, uh, and it is one of the things that is you know perceived as a negative here. I think it's just part of. You know, when, Makes you've it been, when you've been here 40 something years, it's just part of life. And, you know, other parts of the country have their areas. They have humidity that, you know, you know, people don't like. And, um, you know, but it was it was amazing to see some of the people say, do you have all four seasons? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so that would be awesome because, you know, where I've lived, there's only three seasons or there's only two seasons or, you know, I've always been, you know, a positive person. I think you try to. You know, you try to spin that into a positive. What what you have? I mean, you know, you know, when the wind's blowing sixty, I don't know how you yeah, can. Well, it's hard to spin that one into a positive. No, but you, have to you know, that but you don't have to endure that very often. It doesn't happen that many that that often. But you know, there are some challenges. You know, it does get cold here, uh, but you know, it's it. This is a great place to live. I mean, it's not cold like it is in other parts of the country. It's certainly not North Dakota or yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, hats off to those people. And, you know, I certainly don't want to disparage somewhere somebody lives, but it, it's, um, you know, we are fortunate enough to have four seasons, but, you know, we don't have trees and rivers in an abundance um, like other. So there, there are those challenges, but, you know, it's nothing that we can't overcome. How much does our low unemployment rate or, or maybe the low educational attainment rate how, how do those factor in for some of these employers? Because they're looking for educated workforce. Yeah. And, and, you know, typically the bigger the company are, the more astute they are on those numbers. Um, and not to say that the smaller ones aren't, but, I mean, you know. We, we, we think to, it's great that everybody's got a job in the but that makes That is one of the biggest challenges. It, it is. That's a great question, question, Jason, is, you know, we have, you know, the lowest unemployment in the state and, you know, probably one of the lowest five in the nation. In unemployment, that's not always a positive for us as in our role, but we've been able to overcome some of those challenges, and we're smart enough to know that you know there's some of these big mega projects that have come down, you know, in recruiting. Hey, we need 2,500 employees for you know a battery facility, and you know we probably know that that's probably not our niche at least right now. We just don't have the 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that we wouldn't um, pass up if it was, you know, a viable option to at least try for that. But having a low unemployment um, can be a negative. Um, you know, the, the the educational attainment, I know there's some organizations working on that with the Panhandle Partnership. It used to be No Limits, No Excuses. I know they're working right. on that and what Kimberly Anderson and, and uh, Emerald Area Foundation is leading that charge. And um, there's a lot of positive that's coming out of that. And we hope that, you know, we'll see some results from that. That one has not been as big a deal as the the unemployment, but that one is sometimes a negative just because um, people see that. I mean, we're working with, you know, a company, obviously I can't tell you what kind of company it is, but they want to make sure before they go forward that they can uh, employ the amount of people that they can employ. We think that we can in that field, um, but it's, it's certainly something that we have to get past. But we want a company to succeed. We don't want to recruit a company here that needs 300 people and we can't get 300 people because then it makes us look bad. It makes, yeah. the, com- it makes the company look like they made a Well, wrong you can't decision. overpromise. The wrong decision, yeah. And so this company, actually, we've not seen it the way they're doing it. They're doing all kinds of studies with workforce solutions before they decide. Hmm. And I like that. I think it's a great idea. And, and uh, um, staff have been working with uh, workforce solutions in this company on – 
trying to make sure that they're making a, a great decision. To, uh, to close out the section, I, I know that, that there's a lot probably in the works that you can't talk about yet, but what are some things that maybe are exciting to you um, in some broad strokes, you know, that, that the AEDC is looking at over the next few years? Well, the great thing is that, you know, we're not going to quit recruiting just because we've landed a few big projects. Um, we're certainly, uh, we've got to be judicious, like what I talked about. You know, we can't have 3,000 employees and another 3,000, you know, without getting some people here. But the great thing is that we're on the radar. Emerald is a place that people want to move as, a, as, a, as companies because of our workforce, how, how harder people work. Um, and the fact that, you know, we have the fourth lowest uh, um, cost of living in the United States mm-hmm. on cities over 50,000. I mean, it's, this is a wonderful place to raise a family and to live cheap. And the fact that, uh, I will tell you, uh, I thought that things might slow down through the Christmas break and new years. And it's actually been busier now than it was the previous three months. And, and, and it, that was the busiest we'd ever been. It's unbelievable. Um, how much, how, how much interest we have from, from projects now, we're trying to be selective, and a lot, luckily, a lot of these projects that we're working on right now, you know, you you hope you land a fourth of them, the ones you're working on. There are a lot of um, uh, capital intensive but low uh, employment numbers, which is awesome mm-hmm. uh, because it builds our tax base, right? Uh, but it, they don't need a lot of employees, and so that's an awesome deal, you know, that we've been very fortunate. It's not all luck. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, we've built it, and it's not just our group, but it's, you know, building downtown and building uh, other things that, I mean, it, it is truly a partnership in this town. It's not just what we're doing. You know, we get to be at, go out there and sell, but we're selling stuff that other people, a product that people have worked really hard on. Another thing I've heard is that there's maybe a psychological threshold when the city hits 200,000 people, you know, which we did in the last census. Is that something that you've you know, run into? I, we heard that, you know, I, I don't know that it's changed any of our attitudes. Okay. It or, doesn't make... And I haven't seen the city's economic development department does the retail re- recruitment stuff. Mm-hmm. And I haven't asked uh, Cody or Andrew lately if we've seen an uptick in that, because typically you're supposed to see an uptick when we hit 200,000. I know our neighbor to the south saw that right. uptick when they got to 200, and then they saw another uptick when they hit 250. But that's maybe more from the retail side. But that's than from the, the retail the side business. more than our side. Okay. Yeah. You've lived in a lot of places at this point. Um, you said that uh, you feel lucky to have landed in Amarillo. Is that still the case? Like, do you, yeah. do you feel like I, this is— You know, this, really, truly. I And I, I said this in my interview, you know, just as— I mean, and I meant it at the time, but now I truly meant it. I said it in my interview. I'm, you know, I'm 50. I was 49 at the time I got the job. I want this to be my last job. You know, and I'd really like to work into my 60s, you know. Uh, I truly mean that. I really cannot see living anywhere else. I mean, I could have gone and looked at somewhere else. I mean, I chose to live here. Mm -hmm. And I want people, when they're here, I want them to choose that they live in Amarillo. I think you need to be proud of your hometown. And I know Everybody, you know, you get down on something, you know, oh, gosh, I had to stop at the, you know, that stoplight and traffic's bad. And, you know, we're so fortunate here when traffic's bad, it's 12 or 15 minutes to get from downtown to, you know, the other side of town or whatever. But I can't imagine living somewhere else. And, you know, I know I get paid to sell Amarillo, but I'm lucky that I get to sell Amarillo. And I mean that. I really don't want to live anywhere else. I, I truly now know what that 
truly means the Panhandle spirit. You know, I can't imagine living anywhere else. This episode of Hamarello is supported by Gott Wittenberg Emerson. The Gott name has been leading the local commercial real estate market since 1899, making it one of the oldest continuously operated businesses in Amarillo. A lot has changed in 120 years, of course, but the excellent customer service and integrity remain their top priority. Gott Wittenberg Emerson offers both brokerage and full service property management services with a full team of dedicated professionals to meet your real estate needs. Learn more and see their current listings at gwamarello.com. Okay, I'm back with Kevin Carter of the AEDC. Kevin, this is a part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum in Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas, and its collection includes a variety of ranching vehicles and tools, including an authentic wagon that was used on the legendary XIT Ranch. And that wagon you can see it as part of the windmills exhibit at the museum. Learn more at panhandleplains.org. Okay, I know this is uh, something that's always on your mind, but the first question is, when you think of Amarillo 10 years from now, what do you hope for? Can I put a plug in for the museum? Sure, go for it. I will tell you when I moved here, you know, in the first segment I told you I moved to Dumas when I was 10 years old. That was my first field trip. Was to the museum? Was to the museum. We went to the museum, and I just remember how awesome that was. Yeah. Still how awesome it is to go... Um, you know, and how many people we've taken through the years, even when I didn't live in the, I mean, we lived in Plainview, we'd bring people up. I mean, it truly is. And so if you get a chance to go. All right. You Sorry. It here. Go for it. All right. Now to the question. What, uh, what do you, what do you hope for 10 years from now? You know, I, hopefully that we're continuing to grow as a community. We obviously need to grow, um, families and we need to grow our workforce. And hopefully in 10 years, we can say we've done that. Some of the things that we've done, we've grown that. And, you know, hopefully that we have, um, we can look back and the projects that we've brought have been beneficial to the community and they're, you know, they're, they're still thriving, that that business is thriving, not just Amarillo, but the business that we've brought in is thriving because I think that's important in that process that we do. We want the company that we bring in, we want them to be happy when they get here and we want them to thrive. We, I mean, I think that's important as well as us to thrive, but for them to thrive as well. Other than wind, which uh, the day we're recording is pretty bad, uh, what does this area have too much of? You know, maybe too many rainless days. I would say that. I, I think that's true. Uh, that's probably that's probably my best answer. I don't know that we have too much of anything. Um, we sell that, the sunshine that, days. That, but, yeah, obviously, you know that is that's great. And I, I will tell you, when people get here, that you know, you you tell them, hey, it, this is a great place to live. And when they get here, and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe I I've seen the sunset like that. Because, I mean, growing up as a kid in Arkansas with all the trees, you yeah. don't see sunsets like you do now. And you're like, oh, my gosh. It's it's unbelievable. So I would say too many rainless days. Okay. What does this area not have enough of? We don't have enough people right now, enough workers. Um, you know, and it goes with that unemployment rate. And, you know, I don't want to grow, you know, to 500,000 people in the next 10 years. But we need – we do need um, – we've got a lot of great industry here, and we need some – we need some more people to move to Amarillo to support that. Okay. I think we've covered a lot of this territory, but when you talk to outsiders about Amarillo, what do you talk about? What's maybe one surprising thing that, that you tell them about? A lot of people really that, you know, are really from outside the area, you talk about Paladura Canyon and you show them pictures, you know, because usually we've got some kind of, paraf- you know, paraphernalia with us or mm-hmm. we've got some kind of, you know, 
um, brochure with this or brochure or whatever, or we've got our videos running. Uh, we've got some really awesome videos that we've done and Paladero Canyon. They're surprised at that. That's here. Cause you know, if you just drive through Emerald, you don't really see that. Um, you know, you get, I mean, they know about, they know about some of the things that we have, right. and, you know, and let me tell you, they're two of our biggest selling points, Cadillac ranch and the big Texan. I mean, they are two of our biggest selling points and we hear it all the time. And I'm very thankful for those. Um, but you know, probably our biggest surprise is if you don't know it, Paladero Canyon. Okay. What's your favorite street in Amarillo? Well, I have several favorite streets, but if you're going to make me narrow, give me down, a top three, you know, probably my, you know, I have to say, uh, I'm very fortunate to work in downtown and, I love Polk Street. We can walk over and go to lunch, and you know you can have dinner there. And so I, I would say probably um, Polk Street is my favorite street. Okay. What's your favorite local restaurant or food truck? I mean, I, I'm going to say this without a doubt. My favorite restaurant is I love the Golden Light. I love okay. the history of the Golden Light. I love greasy hamburgers. Their French fries are my favorite, but I have lots of favorite restaurants. So I'm, I don't, I'm not going to make anybody upset, but uh, that's probably my favorite. It's, okay. my, it's my fun place to go for lunch, and I, I love it. What's your favorite building in Amarillo? Oh, that's without a doubt the Santa Fe building. And I am so lucky. We moved offices about now 15 months ago, and I have a view outside my office of the Santa Fe building. It's just the history of it, and it's just a beautiful building, especially when it's lit up at night and you know, there are a lot of, we're very, I love our downtown skyline and we have some cool buildings, but the Santa Fe building without a doubt is my favorite. Yeah, building. it stands out. It the does. Yeah. And it's probably a lot of people's favorite, but it is really my favorite. Okay. And you mentioned Paladura Canyon. When was the last time you visited the canyon? I went last summer. Um, I had somebody in town and took them down there. Okay. What so was... I have not hiked to the lighthouse. That's one of my goals. Okay. I've got to get out there and do that. You know, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, you know, I, I want to make sure I do it on a non-hot day. Uh, that's that's for sure. Uh, um, but it's that's a pretty one of my goals. easy trail. It's not that bad to get out there. I've heard. I just need to. I just need to do it. I just haven't done it, and I need to get out there and do it. Okay. Well, that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to close, Kevin, by asking my guests to endorse something. So, what's one thing you would like listeners to know about or to experience? Experience your hometown. I mean, be proud of what you do. I mean, I know I get paid to sell uh, Amarillo, but I'm also, I live here and I've ingrained myself. Just enjoy the great things that Amarillo has to offer, especially our local restaurants. Um, don't always ask for chains, you know, and chains are great. And I don't, I don't want to say anything about it. I eat at them all the time. They employ local people. They do employ local people, but be proud of the culture because we do have a great food culture here with our local restaurants. So that would be my one plug. Enjoy those. Okay. Kevin Carter, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Kevin for the interview. You can find out more about the AEDC at AmarilloEDC.com. Thanks also to Angelina Marie for editing this episode. And thanks to sponsors Gott Wittenberg Emerson, Lazy Boy of Amarillo, and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for supporting the show. Hey Amarillo exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you, so thank you so much for listening. Along with the local people who support the show financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. Hey Amarillo's executive producers include Jason Burr, Corey Burns, Jess Heredia, Katie Linger, Wilson Lemieux, Wes Reeves, Josh Wood, Patrick Burns, and Barbara and Jim Witten. This has been episode 283. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.